0: Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Pastors Podcast. My name is Scott Mitchell, and I'm sitting here again with my friend, John Brown. I'm going to have to get a picture of John Brown up on the website so you can see this man that uh, I talk to. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but if you just hear a voice on the radio or a voice on the podcast, you have this image in mind of what they look like, but then when you see them in reality, it's it's totally different. Uh, John, though, probably is exactly what you're imagining. He is a stately gentleman, nice shock of white hair on his head. He has walked faithfully with the Lord for so many decades. I won't say that he's old, but he's older than I am. And uh, John is here with me again today. This is uh, episode three of this recent series we're doing, you may remember that John uh, sat with me oh, over a year ago and we discussed how to hear God. And that was a very popular podcast. Many, many downloaded that and uh, are still downloading it. And I hope it will be the same with this series. And um, so, John, why don't you just give a word of greeting and uh, then we'll just we'll launch in. Hi, John.
1: Hi, Scott. It's It's a joy again to be here with you. I'm looking forward to how the Lord leads us in our conversation and I'm rather excited about uh, the things that he has been speaking to us and the impact that these truths might have on the body of Christ at least those who uh, tune into the podcast. I believe it will be impactful to our pursuit of the Christ life.
0: I totally agree with that and um In saying that, I totally agree with that. I listened to myself on previous podcasts with John, and I annoy myself because I'm constantly doing, uh huh, mm hmm, oh yes, yes, amen, mm hmm. And I will try to refrain from that a little bit as John is sharing here today. But at the same time, I got to say, this brother has been brought into my life uh, to teach me some things about the kingdom of God. And uh I, I'm just so thankful that he is a mentor in my life. And I do agree with so much. It's very rare that I ever think, hmm, I'm not so sure I understand that, or I'm not so sure I get that or agree with that. That's that's been a rare thing with me. John has been sent from God to be a teacher in my life. And uh, you know, I told him a long time ago, I said, John, if you turn out to be A wolf in sheep's clothing, I will be so mad at you. Um, But I have been with John for, oh my, close to 20 years now. We first met in 2000, and uh, there is nothing that I see in John that gives me pause or questions his credibility as a man of God and integrity, but also his love, love for the church and uh, he does feel called Uh, I don't know if he calls himself an evangelist to the church but his ministry is really to see people come to full salvation in the body of Christ those who profess um, being saved but um, they're deceived and we've been talking a lot about deception and uh, what is truth? This morning, as we were just doing the pre-podcast conversation, uh, John and I were talking about how we really are called to live this life that is a life that lives out of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of of our Father. Yes, yes. John, you want to comment on that? Or
1: Yes, I will. Uh, we have been called to live by a source that's other than our own thinking, our own reasoning, our living by a tree of what's right and wrong, but living by a relationship to where our life is our head, Jesus Christ himself, and we're living in Christ for the Father. You said some things in the introduction, and you've heard me go here before, but i I think it's important that I go here right now. Uh, Scott has said some very kind words concerning me. Uh, but the truth is, you can't, you can't listen to men to gain the truth. Uh, you need to be, even as you're listening to us, you need to be tuned into your head, mm-hmm. Christ himself, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit who has been given to you to guide you into all truth because John Brown has been wrong many times. I have, at times in my past, I, I'm old, an older man. I'm in my late 70s, and uh, I would have given my life for some things that were not true at all. I did not realize it at the time. I thought it they were true, but I would not cross the street for them now. And so what I'm saying is, and I know Scott's with me in this, is that uh, the only way we're going to come into truth and the reality of our spiritual life and nature and calling is by having our ears always tuned to our head who is Jesus Christ ourself. The John Browns and the Scott Mitchells can end up deceiving us just simply because we are ourselves on the way all Indeed. the truth has not been given to us. Indeed. We are in need of one another. And so I'm just saying it on the broadcast to uh, make sure our listeners are on solid ground. Uh, as you listen to men, men who are called of God also, you need to be tuned to your Father because we make mistakes. But if we make a mistake in what we're saying and you're listening to the father you'll end up hearing him yes and i might say something as ah uh, childish as mary had a little lamb <laughs> and uh, you still hear god yes so i'm just just saying that we're 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 not mere men of adam's race we are of the second man's race But we also are learning how to live out of the spirit and are still learning how to renew our minds and are still in the process of becoming uh, mature, spiritual, uh, more than natural, supernatural. That's what we've been called to, Mm -hmm. that which is beyond nature, created nature. We're of the spirit of God.
0: That's a great word, John. I appreciate that, that clarification there, and I I <laughs> I agree totally with it. Amen to that. This morning, before you arrived to my home, John and I have been sitting here in my dining room, looking out the window at the the birds, and uh, God has blessed our yard with uh, a great variety of of birds. But um, when I was just sitting here by myself, waiting for John to arrive. I was reading a scripture and, um, uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, and I just want to read a couple of verses because in this I, I was hearing my father tell me that um, this, this really is uh, by and large the condition of the church and of which I am a part and so I am complicit. I can very easily relate to Peter in this story and as i am on my way i am learning also to learn the things that peter did in this gospel narrative you know there's a couple of stories about peter fishing and not catching anything this is the first of two one will happen after christ is resurrected later on in john but this is early on in the gospels and um, it says on one occasion, verse one, I'm reading from the English Standard Version, on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on him, that is Jesus, to hear the word of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and um, we know that mostly in the Gospels is the Sea of Galilee. And I did a little quick study on that Gennesaret and it means harp. And some people think it's because the Sea of Galilee might be shaped like an, an ancient harp and related to that though, and that probably is the primary meaning of it, but related to that though is that the most edible fish in all of that entire region, all of Palestine, all around the, the most, kind of like the most colorful backyard birds seem to be in my backyard the most edible fish were in this sea and um in some true Jewish traditions, um, the whole region was called Gennesaret, fed by the waters of the Sea of Galilee, and, and the vegetation and the fruits were extra sweet, and, they, and Jews would say this fruit tastes as sweet as a harp. And so all of that is folded into this meaning of Gennesaret, and this is where Jesus was preaching. Now get the picture. The disciples had been fishing all night long. It's now the morning and Jesus has just finished preaching. And and as we start off in chapter five, he's beginning to preach, but the story will take us to after he's finished preaching, he'll tell Peter to go fishing. And Peter being a fisherman knows this is the wrong time of day. And you're telling me to launch out into the deep. My nets, they're already washed. You know, we we don't want them to rot. You know, you're telling me to to drop the nets. But now I'm getting ahead of myself. He saw two boats by the lake, Jesus did, verse 2, and the fishermen had gone out of them and they were already washing their nets. They were finished for the night. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and this is where he starts to teach the people from the boat. So Peter has fished all night. Now he's going to sit through a sermon by Jesus and verse four, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now I want you to go out into the deep and I want you to get those nets that you've already washed and put up for the day to dry out so that you can use tonight. I want you to put those nets in into the water for a catch. And Simon says what Scott Mitchell would have said, Master, we toiled all night. We took nothing. And I get that. But I also want the heart of Peter who goes on to say, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. Now that's, to me, that's a big part of this. In the previous verse, Jesus said, let down your nets. The next verse, I think Luke is very precise in the language here. Peter could have said, nevertheless, at your word, I will do it. And that would have been just as right. But Luke points out that Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And, And the thought came to me, faith is obedience to the exact rhema of Christ. The word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing. But you were saying in our previous podcast, there are two sides in this faith thing. There's two sides to faith. There's the hearing and there's the doing.
1: Yeah, The obedience of faith.
0: The obedience of faith. The hearing of faith and the obedience of faith. And here we see Peter hearing and obeying. Nevertheless, I will let down the nets that that just gets me john it's just he could have said nevertheless at your word i'll do it but he said nevertheless at your word he's saying exactly what jesus told him to do i will let down these freshly washed hung out to dry for the day nets i will put that into the water and peter knew two things it's the wrong time of day to fish and it's the wrong place to fish nevertheless at your word and the obvious outcome, because it's Jesus. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish to the point that their nets were breaking. So I had this thought, John, and I'm, I'm going to let you take off on it and go in the direction that, that the Lord is going to lead us into today. But I, I felt like this was where we needed to start. I, I think it tragically captures the condition of the church Today's church seems to be toiling in her own strength um, for its own ends, to its own demise. Busy, but fruitless. Organized, but powerless. But the second part of Simon Peter's reply changes everything. Beginning with that word, nevertheless. Simon Peter admits that everything he has tried is not working. So he's going to do it the Lord's way.
1: Yes, I I hear in that nevertheless. um, Simon's saying, you know, my life has been as a fisherman. I know fishing now I am following you by day Peter was already following Jesus this isn't Simon's first encounter that's right as a matter of fact just verses before in chapter 4 Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law that's right and Jesus is there in Simon's home and it draws a crowd the healing of the mother-in-law and he spends the evening healing all all manner of sickness and disease Mm -hmm. Simon's out early morning fishing (laughs) he's a fisherman (laughs) He's following Jesus by day, but he doesn't see how this is going to provide this following Jesus by day, yeah. and so he's he's out fishing, and it's the time of day to fish early morning, oh, yeah. from his point of view, but they catch nothing. Yeah. Now he's doing it out of obedience because he he knows who Jesus is in his head, mm. but his heart has yet to be converted. Oh my! And it's not until the catch. Mm the boat begins to sink the catch is so heavy
0: yeah the nets begin to tear
1: and this man Jesus who's not a fisherman is speaking out of another realm but what is Peter's response when the boat's about to sink from the catch yes he 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 gets down yeah and says master master Depart from me! He does. And in my words, what he's saying here, he says, uh, "Go away from me, Lord, mm-hmm. for I am a sinful man." Mm-hmm. The reality of who this man Jesus is—yes, Son of God—but living as no more than Son of Man, right? Who is living by a life that was not his own?
0: Oh, glory! Jesus
1: was living by His Father's Whoa, life. He, yes. He came in in those three and a half years we spoke of last week, in the last uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus had two parts to his ministry. In three days, he dealt with who we were and what we had done, Mm. but he spent three and a half years showing us how to live this other life, the life of the new man of Christ, from the second man, not from Adam any longer, but from Christ himself and the life that Christ lived was not his own he he was living by his father's life everything i've done was not me but was my father everything i've spoken was not me yes. and so peter is suddenly seeing i believe this is where <laughs> peter came to the place thou art the christ oh yeah. yeah you are you are the one yes i've seen you being a miracle worker i've seen the crowds from your teaching I've seen you feed five thousand off of a few loaves and fish, Mm. but if you know the story when they're back in the boat, you know it's like they forget. (laughs) Yeah. But here, this man has power over the sea and its life.
0: Yes. And this life is far beyond our imagining because did did you hear that whole that whole meaning of Gennesaret, the most edible fish in the entire territory the most the sweetest fruit in that region it was there and and peter was on that water with the most edible fish under him and he couldn't get it until he responded to the lord's voice and it just tells me that there is a life john there is a life that we can't even begin to imagine i has not seen ear has not heard we're sitting in a boat on top of a yes, life yes. that is available to us but we can't get to it we can't experience it i don't am i communicating do you, yes. do you hear that but
1: we're, we're we're not experiencing it and we can't believe it because we're disconnected from the reality this, we're, we're not talking about sweet by and by. We're no. not talking about in, in another life. We, we have in Christ arrived. Yes. But we're disconnected from the reality. We're still living as if we're men of the flesh. We're still living as men who need to learn how to fish. Yeah, that's it. You
0: see? As
1: opposed, it. As opposed to having mm-hmm. the Lord of the fish reigning over our lives.
0: Oh, that's the word. That's the word.
1: All of creation is waiting Mm. for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. And that's us, Mm -hmm. if we would but believe. That's right. It's in the now.
0: That's right. Yes. Mm.
1: And I think think we're needing to understand who we are. Mm. And we're no longer flesh and blood. We're no longer natural men. We've been born of the very sperm—that's the word in the Greek, sperma—in
0: mm-hmm.
1: First John chapter three. It is. We're, That's we're right. born of the very sperm of God. Wow! But our unbelief—now we give intellectual assent to—we've been born again, mm-hmm. but we've not been discipled to Him, mm. not been discipled to a relationship. We've been discipled to doctrines about Him. We've been discipled to teachings and cognizant uh, concepts, but we are to be discipled to him, mm. to where we are living out of a relationship, not just joining Jesus when he comes along by the sea, but going to bed with him or getting up in the morning with him. Yes, to where he is our life. Our life.: Our very life. Mm. And that's where I believe the Lord is leading us in this dialogue. We're we're, we're needing to move through what are the realities, who are we, what has God created us to be and then in Christ, and what does that life look like and what should it look like now. And when we come to the place where we see Christ as our life, we will fulfill his statement he said to his disciples everything that I've done you will be able to do and even greater, even greater things yes. because I will have gone to the Father <laughs> and will be there interceding for you that's, that's so good the world is waiting to see yes. the sons and daughters of God yes. so where I would like us to kind of begin Please. beyond this is, I think we need to go back to the beginning I do too and recognize that Adam was not created a soulish person. He became a living soul. It isn't that he didn't have a soul, but his soul was not ruling and reigning. It was the deception of Lucifer in the garden, in the snake, that deceived Adam and Eve into believing that they could trust their own reasoning, that they could arrive at what is good or bad, right or wrong on the basis of their own soul searching. But Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. Primarily he was a spirit. God is a spirit. God says, Jesus says God is a spirit. Yes. They that worship him must worship him in spirit, spirit. and in truth. truth. We've been given the spirit but we're not living in truth. Yeah. We're living as if we're still sons and daughters of adam john brown was born of henry and june brown and this body is from their seed but that's not who i am any longer right my father led me to the lord
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i was reborn and i'm now of the second man 1 corinthians chapter 15 mm-hmm. i'm no longer Living as flesh after the flesh, the earthy after the earth. Yeah. I'm spiritual, I have been called to live after the spirit. That's right. And Jesus, the second man, became a life giving spirit. Adam became in first Corinthians fifteen, forty five, he became a living soul. Mm-hmm. That is his soul was the source of his life. yeah But back in the garden God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. And he created Adam after the spirit. Now, he had a body, a a tent. He did. And he had a soul, emotions, and will. Mm -hmm. And he had a heart. But it was his heart that was tuned to God until Lucifer convinced him to tune his mind and his reasoning and his rationale Mm. to his own.
0: Right or wrong.
1: Before they ever took a bite of the fruit,
0: it was lost. It was lost.
1: As soon as they pushed God off of the throne of their heart and took over the reign for themselves, Mm -hmm. what is right and wrong, Mm -hmm. it was over. It was lost. And God said in chapter 2, He says, In the day now you eat of this fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. And that is when they became a living soul. It's what Watchman Nee, a writer out of China back in the early part of the last century, uh, refers to as the soulish man, the living yes. power of the soul.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now we have a we have this organ in our head, but when we are physically die, that organ's going to shrivel up and go back to dust. Right. But our spirit has a mind of its own. It's called a heart. Mm where it's with a heart that man believes. That's right. And it's that heart that not only did he die spiritually, and I perhaps ought to add this here, dying to God does not mean cessation. It means it's a change of of, of form. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their spirits existed but no longer reigned. They became dormant.
0: And no longer responsive to God.
1: Yes, because their heart was hardened. That's right. That's why Ezekiel prophesies in Ezekiel 36, (laughs) God is speaking. Preach it. Yes, I'm going to send you, to you, and and I'm going to wash you. That's how it begins. I'm going to wash you. And then I'm going to give you a new spirit. Mm. A new spirit. Mm. And then I'm going to take out your heart. Hard heart, your heart of stone, and give you a living heart. Mm -hmm. And the typology there, and it comes out throughout the Old Testament, the typology there is that the heart of stone is an unbelieving heart. That's right. Whereas a living heart is a believing heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, he says, I'm going to take out your heart of stone and give you a a living heart. A heart that can believe. A
0: believing heart.
1: And then I am going to do one thing more.
0: Yes, he did. He wasn't finished yet.
1: I'm going to put my life in you. That's I'm going right. to put my holy spirit in you. Yes. And my holy spirit will cause you yes to do those things that I have for you, that I want you to. So
0: see. earlier he said I'll put a new spirit in you, but you're talking about a whole different thing. Those are two different um Spirits. parts of this whole thing we call salvation.
1: Yes. I'm going to put a new spirit in you, a new heart in you, a yeah. believing heart, and then I'm going to put my life, my Holy Spirit in you. Yes. And now, all of a sudden, by way of Christ, the new man in Christ is beyond where Adam ever was. You see, Adam had a spirit in the image and likeness of God, but he did not have God living in him. Mm. That was the tree of life that was there in the garden that he had yet to make his way to before he got to the life that god had for him and this is when you when you see the whole story when you see it through all of its typology in the old testament the tabernacle then the temple mm. the dwelling place of god and then you suddenly recognize before the story is over that we're that temple we're that tabernacle that zion that we're that we are that the, yes the city of god that's right that's being prepared
0: When the city came out of the heavens that John beheld, what he was seeing was the people of God. Yes. It was the bride adorned.
1: The angel said to John, come, let me show you the bride of Christ. He said it straight out. And then he takes him and shows him a city. A city. The new Jerusalem. Yeah. The bride of Christ. Right. The tabernacle, the habitation of God in his Uh, creation. We think that's where the story ends. No, that's where the story begins. Begins. (laughs) God is building himself a house, but he's refining those stones. He's bringing forth pure, holy, set apart unto himself stones and forming a tabernacle for himself.
0: I don't want to get off track here, and I don't think that I am, but at this point I want to interject something that... that I heard you teach or you and I in conversation years ago that that blessed my heart in the beginning God created an environment and then put his man in the environment Genesis chapters 1 and 2 Yes. but as we come to the very end we see that God is forming his man his woman his habitation and then he's putting them in an environment that he is creating for them
1: yes yes and in, in in the in the genesis story as each day progresses uh, the day before provides a habitation a uh, an environment by which the life that is going to come forth next can exist right and so we have the seas being formed and life being formed in them of course there is the the sun contributing also Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and then on the land vegetation is being formed Mm -hmm. which becomes the life source for the animals that are going to be coming onto the scene Mm -hmm. and all of them are really the support system for the life which is Adam Mm -hmm. his new creation man Mm -hmm. which by the way the angels are all excited because they can see God's doing something unique because of all of God's created beings prior there were none being created who were being created for a life that was not their own
0: oh yes yes and
1: Adam was created for this life yeah he it is God's creating an environment for himself yeah and when he has that life ready he was intending to move in yeah now now The rest of the story is that God knew that Adam would not. He knew. Because Christ, it says, was crucified from before the foundations of the earth. He knew what would happen.
0: Don't miss that, listener. Don't miss that. This isn't something that God had to scramble and figure out a way to correct what had gone wrong. God knew from even before the beginning.
1: It was necessary for God's man to know what he was being called to mm-hmm. and to know the repercussions for not knowing God. Yeah. And so he allowed. Actually, the rebellion began even before it did. the creation of man. Yes, Lucifer was already down here. Mm-hmm. That's another story yeah. that we can talk about sometime. Yeah. But the truth is, God knew that Adam would end up being deceived And God had to allow that. He chose to allow it for our good, Mm -hmm. but also for his own good. Mm -hmm. Because before the story is over, he is going to have sons and daughters in the very image of his own
0: son. Hallelujah. Amen. A
1: bride that is every bit worthy of the son. Mm -hmm. And man who was created for this other life, living a life that was not his own had to experience all of this in order to choose yes. by God's grace empowerment mm. the life that we were created for mm. we were created for God <laughs> and all he's really asking of us is to choose him
0: yeah that's
1: all he's asking he says you, you just be with me and I'll make you and that's in the story that It's Jesus. in the
0: very story we read earlier in Luke yes.
1: in in Peter's response depart from me for I I'm, I'm a wicked man yeah Jesus said you just be with me. Follow me, Peter. I'll make you.
0: I love that passage in Mark chapter three, verse fourteen. He called the twelve that they would be with him. Yes. It's just it just says it so beautifully and intimately. He called them that they would just be with him.
1: And that's always calling us too. If our hearers could grasp that, yes. Uh they would they would abandon their efforts to know about. Mm that they might give all their life to knowing him. Mm. It's not knowing about him that is going to be. There'll be those who on that day will say, "Lord, Lord, did we not in your name? They know all about him." Oh, yes. And they they've they've given themselves to what is about him. Mm. He's not interested. No. He says, "I don't know you." He wants to know us. Yes. He wants us to know him.
0: Imagine that. Oh, That blows my mind. He wants to know
1: me. The thing about a habitation is it's not a motel. Mm. He's not looking to visit. Good word. He's come to live.
0: Good word.
1: He's come to live. Yeah. And we keep wanting him to come visit us. Mm. It's because we're not in reality. Mm. Reality is he's never left us if we've come into Christ. He's just waiting for us to turn to him. He's just wanting us to, to recognize he's in, the, he's in the house. He's preparing for himself.
0: You know, we just came through the season of, uh, we call it Easter, um, at the time of Passover, um, uh, of course, resurrection. But um, I, was, uh, I was thinking about that, that, that Christ never, he didn't offer himself as anything less than our Passover lamb and i started thinking about how those first century and the centuries leading up to the of christ coming you know john said behold the lamb here he is yeah all the yes. passovers leading up to this point here he is he's come it's all pointed to this man but all those previous passovers how they treated that lamb and the prescription for the consumption of the passover lamb was that it had to be in t- eaten eaten it had to be eaten in entirety
1: yes yes
0: somewhere along the line the church has gotten the idea that we only need a little sampling or a morsel that's so sad of jesus and and even in our god forbid that i should downplay communion but even in our communion service we we take a little tiny cracker or or you know a little wafer yes and, and this is jesus you know this is his body and it sends it sends the picture that we're not supposed to get jesus is supposed to be our life he in entirety is our meal
1: yes the spiritual reality of of that passover lamb that meal mm mm-hmm. You know, as Jesus was breaking the bread, he said, this is my body. Yeah. Now, in the natural, there's no way you can make that fit. (laughs) It becomes a symbol. Mm -hmm. But you see, we're we're not symbols. Our bodies are not symbols. Mm. There's a Scott Mitchell that's in there somewhere. Right. And that body's not a symbol of Him. Mm-hmm. He is real. Yeah. And in that loaf, Jesus is saying, I want you to, in your spirit, I want you to break this bread in remembrance of me. Mm. But as you take this bread, it's me.
0: Yeah.
1: It is this Jesus saying to His disciples, when they come back to Samaria after he has ministered to the woman at the well, mm-hmm. they said, uh, "You know, you must eat." Uh-huh. And right. Jesus said, "I have eaten." <laughs> well, I'm paraphrasing. He says, "I have food you know not of." Our spirit man eats differently or different food mm-hmm. than our spirit than our natural man, mm-hmm. and we've not been feeding our spiritual man. Mm-hmm. Our Communion. The reason it is a sacrament isn't isn't it isn't because there's some sort of uh, miracle of that bread becoming literally the body of Christ. Right. Transubstantiation. Mm-hmm. It means that in the spirit realm, we we have trouble believing that in this other realm that is right here, right now, there are beings all around us watching us. Yes. You you have guardian angels. I do. From Hebrews, it's clear you've been assigned mm. protecting angels, and I have been too. I believe that, yes. Do we believe it? Mm. They're here. Yeah. But not only are they here, but as Elijah's servant suddenly discovered, you know, there's a whole <laughs> army.
0: Gehazi. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he can see. So yeah. that he can see
1: is that reality to us. Until that becomes real, when we break that loaf and drink the fruit of the vine, we we will just have wandering minds trying to conjure up something. But when we recognize we're spirits and Jesus is here with us and he's wanting to share his life with us, he's saying, here, partake of me. Take me, mm. let my blood be your life blood. Yes. And it's a reality in the spirit realm. And we need to we need to cross over that disconnect and enter into the reality of who we are. Yes. We are spirit beings. We were initially created as spirit beings, died, continued to exist but in a dead. Form, but recreated new spirits a new believing heart and we've entered into this created realm but as spirit beings still carrying around the old body mm. with its appetites, mm. still having a hard drive that needs mm. to be renewed mm. but do we believe we're new creatures in Christ until we do will continue feeding off of the things of the world, our flesh, and we will not look for the food that God has for us. And he wants to feed us daily.
0: You know, one of the anchor beatitudes of the eight beatitudes right almost dead center, it's an anchor. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I'm hearing that in this conversation It's hunger and thirst for that which is not of this realm. Hunger and thirst for that which is of me. I have a meal for you. Partake. And here Peter is, and this is related again to the story. Here Peter is, fished all night. He's a professional fisherman. Yes. He's always caught. He knows where to go. He knows where to lower the nets. He always brings back a catch to feed his family for that day. But Jesus was saying... I have a catch. I have a meal. Blow your mind. It's not of this earth. Yes. Nevertheless, at your word, Adonai, he called him Lord, Adonai, Master. Yes. I will exactly do as you've said. I will lower my nets. At a time I shouldn't be doing it, and at a place I shouldn't be doing it because I'm I'm hungering and thirsting for the meal that you have.
1: Yes. Yes. And he was fed.
0: He was fed. And then and some. Yes.
1: <laughs> and he left his nets.
0: And don't you know, all those professional fishermen that had fished all night, because Josephus says that on the Sea of Galilee, I mean, there was almost every square inch of the sea was covered with fishing boats. Well, now they're all in, and they're probably all dozing on the shoreline, <laughs> and don't you know that they're seeing peter take his his little boat out there and dropping his nets and they're saying what an idiot what is he doing but peter said nevertheless at your word yes he was willing to make himself look as a professional fisherman like an idiot
1: you know he felt it you know he did the crowd on the on the seashore was made up of many fishermen yes and and he's putting out yes he and we all struggle with
0: that. Yes.
1: In our flesh, we struggle.
0: I with... do. That's why I say I can relate to Peter. Yes. No. But when
1: it becomes reality to us, this other life, mm. then we will experience that reality. We will catch fish where there have been no fish.
0: Well, John, boy, I don't even want to close off this conversation but we have to for times sake but that doesn't mean that we're going to stop this dialogue. So listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading this this podcast episode. I hope you'll stay with us because John and I are going to continue this very dialogue and we're going to learn together through the word of God, through revelation that comes to our souls and our spirits. Uh, about how to experience this life that is not ours, this life that we are called to experience, this, this, this wonderful, exciting, supernatural, miraculous life. So until next time, beloved friends, may God be with you, bless you with his shalom, his great grace and peace, and we will talk again.